there's many a man that likes a pint of good old English beer. A kind of ale that warms you up and fills you with good cheer. But the pubs that brew the home-brewed ale are few and far between. So I'll tell you of just one I know, the like you've never seen. So come to Mrs. Pardo's in the black country For a pint of home-brewed ale, for a pint of home-brewed ale Where a people come from far and near and will merry, merry be Drink it down, drink it down, drink it down Brian Cliff there, singing about a traditional English pub. The particular drinking house in question is the Old Swan at Netherton in the Black Country, which is in the middle of England. The pub has become famous among connoisseurs of beer from all over the world, because it's one of only four remaining homebrew pubs in Britain today, where traditional ale is brewed on the premises. The Old Swan dates back to the 1840s, when the small community of Netherton was famous for its iron production and coal mining. But the pub owes much of its reputation to the Pardos, Frederick and Doris, who arrived in 1932. This pub they called the Old White Swan has stood for a hundred year. Men who forged the Titanic anchor would call for a pint in here. More than 50 years ago there came the Pardo family. And they spent their lives in Netherton at this pub that you now see. So what would the Pardos have seen on their first day at the pub? Local historian and expert on the black country, David Ragmore. Trams running down the Hales Owen Road, picture houses, two picture houses, still plenty of pubs and breweries. At that time, there'd still be uh, some coal mining going on, not much, and of course chain making, chain and anchor making, not far away from the old swan. Metal bashing industries, quite a prosperous area, although of course the 30s had been hard times large parts of the country. What sort of work would they have done if they'd have been in, say, the chain factory? or the Heavy work, hot work, literally bashing metal, shaping metal, very often by hand or operating presses. So basically it was really, really quite gruelling work? Yes, indeed. What were the houses like? As in other parts of the black country, two up, two down, terraced houses, families stuck together then, father, mother, all the kids, possibly the grandparents living together. With the bathhouse, wash house? Uh, wash house, brew house, the brewers, as they call it, out the back, and a small yard, and that's just about it. What, what's the brewers? Well, it was used for washing, but also uh, for their own home brewing. Oh, so people actually did that at the well, time? Yes, there was a lot of it, and places like the Old Swan developed from this home brewing. How important as a social centre would a pub like the Old Swan have been? Oh, very important. There's a long tradition of pubs being a sort of social centre for the community. They collected money for each other in times of hardship, looked after the old people. Even uh, in some of the pubs earlier, it had been quite common for them to base building societies, you know, where they gathered money to build houses, and boat societies where people clubbed together to buy a canal boat. And these sort of things were based in pubs. So really, we shouldn't underestimate the importance of pub life. Oh no, it was a complete social centre for everyone. When the Pardos came to the Old Swan, it was like any other pub of that time. There was sawdust on the floor. This helped to keep the pub clean. Spittoons were strategically placed in the corner for drinkers to dispose of unwanted chewing tobacco and any other substances which were in their mouths at the time. 
On one side of the main bar room stood a large Victorian weighing machine which took old pennies. In the middle of the room was a black iron stove for warmth. The bar was covered with a thick layer of lead and was religiously scrubbed every day by a skivvy. The walls were painted pillar box red and the lighting came from several chandeliers and brass lamps. The most prominent thing about the pub was the splendid enamel ceiling depicting a white swan. Close seconds were its bright swan-etched bar mirrors. Unaccompanied women were separated from men for safety and morality in the ladies' room. Out in the backyard was the brewery, where a fine real ale was produced from traditional ingredients, hops, malt and water, using time-tested methods by resident brewer John Solomon Cooksey. And what about his employers, Mr and Mrs Pardo? What were they like? Their youngest daughter, Irene, recalls them. My father was the real strong character and it was Fred Pardo everyone came to see, not Mrs Pardo as it was in those days. And she just tried to carry on the pub in his sort of tradition, but he was the great front man and he was the great pigeon flyer and he was in the buffaloes and in the crib team and the dart team and, um, you know, he really was the leading character. And um, she did all the sort of bookkeeping and he did all the bar work and the cellar work and entertained the customers, as it were. So was she the brains behind it? She was the brains behind it, but he was the personality. To be so well known and to eclipse her husband, Doris Pardo must have been quite a woman. Her first involvement in the licensed trade was as a teenager. Her father was a landlord. He had difficulty getting debts from aggressive puddies who worked on the Black Country canals. They had credit for beer until they were paid. So after being beaten up by a puddy who wouldn't pay, Doris's father sent her to collect the money. She returned with the money unharmed. Local people, customers and employees remember her well and they preserve a romantic picture of the good old days when Mar Pardo exercised a firm but generous rule and kept the pub very much in the centre of local life. She was fairly plump and she was very well dressed. She, she was always well dressed. When she went out, I mean, she'd always got a hat on. And she wouldn't stand on the hanky-panky when anybody, no. everything was kept in apple pie order couldn't get her to have a drink. She'd pay for you. She wouldn't ask you, she'd pull you a drink and give it to you. And she was always good to her staff. She was never short of staff. Oh, she was lovely. Well, she was to me and she was. But she expected a good day's work for a good day's mother. I used to come about half past seven. I used to get away about three. I clean the floors out, scrub forehead floors. It took me all day. Well, the kitchen was all white glazed bricks, double range, all steel dressing. We used to have to wear our aprons then. And I used to do the walls every three weeks. And then I used to help with the vegetables for the dinner. Take the bar out for a morning trip. The women was a day trip. And also the smoke room was usually a day trip. It was in uh, 58 the one in particular that I went on. I took the wife, two cooked meals at good hotels, plus a tea at Barclay Castle, onto Peter Scott's Wildfowl Trust at Slimbridge. We got back and um, asked Mrs. Pardo how much it was. Oh, she said nothing. I found out after that no one paid. That was two coach loans. 
Well, possibly it's by today's stand. You'd be talking on possibly about, what, 20, 30 pounds a head? Oh, you can imagine what she did give away. Well, when I came here to be vicar of St Andrews, Netherton, I was soon told about Mrs Pardo, and especially about the kindness which she had shown over the years to our church and two other parish churches in this area. She provided, free of charge, communion wine to these three churches for a great number of years. And this particular gesture was absolutely in line with the kind of person she was. Her kindness extended to all and sundry in the community round about. But what really brings people to the pub is the beer. I've been coming here since 1970, and the beer was 13 pence a pint. And I used to drink about six pints on a Saturday morning before I went to lunch. And I enjoyed the lunch, and I used to come back afterwards. Didn't it affect your appetite? No, certainly not. Gave me more appetite for more beer. <laughs> what about for the food, though? Doesn't it make you drunk and not want to eat? No, 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 no. You don't get drunk on this. This is good beer, not chemical beer. It's a very smooth-tasting beer, a nice, light colour, refreshing. It's not quite as heavy as some beers, which tend to be barley wineish or almost like a stout. And uh, it's, I've heard the term used, quaffable. It's, it's very pleasant. What's quaffable? Oh, it means that you can, you drink one and you really do feel like another one. <laughs> That's how I put it anyway. George Cooksey, the son of the former resident brewer, is the man who produces all that ale. Each morning he gets up at around five o'clock and goes to work at the brewery in the backyard of the pub. The first thing he does is switch on the gas. and boils up hundreds of gallons of water. This is the start of the week-long brewing process. George is now about to make the mash. And what are you going to do now, George? You're pouring the water into the malt. We start the mash, get the mash going. That's the start of the brew. Now, boiling hot water is coming through here, and it's mixing with malt, which is falling from... Looks from like the... a wooden cover. What is that exactly? Well, that's just the storage for the... Uh the dry malt before it's mashed. So the malt mixes with boiling water. That's right, to create the, to create the mash. And what's this wooden thing here called? What exactly That's is the that? mash done. And how many gallons would this hold? Well, this holds half the brew, which would be roughly about 200 gallons. It's like a Turkish bath here, really steamy. Yes. Um, it filled up quite quickly. What, what happens next? Well, the next one is the, uh, the boiling, and you get more steam off that than you have off this. What do we do? We go downstairs now, because it's on three storeys. That's right. Yeah. Okay, then, shall we go downstairs and yes, take yes. a look? Once downstairs in the brick-built building, we find the hop-back, a large tank into which the mash flows, mixing with hops to create the wort. Well, this is the uh, hop-back. If you could sort of imagine it as a tea strain, it just strains the hops out. The hops settle on the bottom, and then it filters all the, the uh, wort, filters through it, and leaves all the, most of the rubbish behind through those black plates. And how many gallons would this hold? Well, this holds the uh, best part of the brew, which would you're talking on, what, probably 300, 350 gallons. And then it's thrown across by the pump into the fermenting vessels. Just switch the engine on. Well, now she's throwing it out of the hop back into the uh, fermenting vessel. That is first stage of the ferment. So now we have completed brew. That's right. Going into very large, is it oak casks? Pine should be with those. Pine? Yeah. And is that 
particularly important because they well, all not really they because it's, it used to be a, a straight straight grain in the timber they're both old i think it's about 18 uh, 1800 liters after fermentation has taken place, the ale is ready to be put into metal barrels for pub use. But first, George has to clean the cask with water and a lot of aggressive shaking. Just clean the barrel out. Why did you shake it about? Couldn't you just turn it upside down? Is it all, well, you have to get all the sediment in the bottom. Oh, spent hops, yeast, uh, tend to dry, just rounds them in and um, swill them out. So all that aggressive banging about. That's the agitation. Gets rid of them. It's the best part of this is when you've got a bad temper. George then uses a metal rod to remove any remaining bits from around the hole of the barrel, where shortly the new ale will be funneled in. Are you just banging it with a metal rod now? Oh, that's just to make sure the shy hole's open. Just, uh, sometimes the hops tend to clog. And you're rolling the barrel towards the fermenting vessel, and what are you going to do next? Well, the next stage is to fill them and uh, find them ready for the, uh, the customer. So come to Mrs. Pardo's in the black country For a pint of home-brewed ale, for a pint of home-brewed ale Where people come from far and near and will merry, merry be Drink it down, drink it down, drink it down After twenty years of this public house, Fred Pardo passed away. But Mrs. Pardo and her family decided they would stay. Then in 1984, Mrs. Pardo, she passed on. But she left her name to the pub they used to call the old white swan. So come to Mrs. Pardo's in the black country For a pint of home-brewed ale, for a pint of home-brewed ale Where people come from far and near and will merry, merry be Drink it down, drink it down, drink it down When Mrs. Pardo died, it was the end of an era. The pub was put up for sale and the proceeds were split between the family. Some feared that the pub would be sold to property developers or a mass-producing brewery and would be lost forever. The main force behind the fight to save the pub was the Campaign for Real Ale, a national pressure group which fights to preserve and promote real English ale. The pub was bought by a newly formed company, Netherton Ales PLC. The new company is 25% owned by the Campaign for Real Ale and its members, and the other main owners are Real Ale supporters. But why did they want to save the pub? Campaign for Real Ale spokesman Adrian Hyde. People have been drinking in this, uh, this pub for a number of years. It represents the centre of Netherton, the, the character of Netherton. We feel that it's, it's worth saving. Uh, I know there's an angle from the tourist point of view that they expand on that situation and all the rest of it. Yes, I've got to accept it in the modern age, but to us, the idea is that we would like to see this beer uh, preserved, the pub preserved, and our members nationwide, uh, certainly if they come to the Midlands, would want to drink here. It's important to camera, it's important to the area itself. Its shareholders wanted to keep the pub open and serve home-brewed ale, and to this end they've spent over a quarter of a million pounds refitting and modernising the premises. This involved enlarging the old swan by removing a partitioning wall between the pub and a pie shop next door, which was owned by Mrs Pardo. They also knocked down the ladies' room and refitted and painted the downstairs. They later added a more modern brewery and finished the whole thing off with a fine new upstairs kitchen. 
Today, the pub can accommodate small business conferences and other social functions. It has to be said that the pub is a shining example of British community spirit in trying to save a place against all odds. But the pub no longer caters solely for the local people of Netherton. It has an international reputation for its ale and pub building. Brewing fans from all over the world make the pilgrimage to the Old Swan. Barmaid Beryl Golding has pulled many a pint of homebrew for a foreign customer, but speaking only English can sometimes mean that understanding what the customer wants can be a problem. She's had to deal with many of the world's languages. Japanese, Chinese, there was one crowd of um, Germans and not one out of them could speak English. Even the fellow who'd brought them in, he couldn't speak German. So we had a right girl that night, you know. But some would argue that because of all the modernisation and refitment which the pub has undergone, and the sheer amount of money that's now involved, the real old worldy Pardo pub has been destroyed, and a designer Pardo pub put in its place. Or put more viciously, a place which claims to be a stately home amongst pubs is now no more than a tourist trap, serving fine ale but in mock surroundings. Once again, Adrian Hyde. Ah, uh, well, yes, uh, it's, it's an interesting point. The answer is we've preserved the bar, and um, we've, we've, we've tidied the bar up, we've given it a lick of paint. What have we done? We've taken the cobwebs down, we've left it more or less in, in, entirely as it was. You smashed in a wall between a pie shop which used to sell pies that Mrs. Pardo used to have a hand in, and you've knocked it into a bigger bar, you've, that, changed, you've knocked down the stairs. That's very unfair, that's very unfair. There's, there's very little change. Um, when I say, yes, there's been a lot of change at the behind the scene. We've preserved the bar, we've preserved the, the smoke room, the adjoining corridors have changed, and yes... So you smashed down a few walls? There's bound to be some form of change. Now look, I'm not altogether saying that the final job was the ultimate of jobs, but the job that has been done, I think, is fully acceptable. Excellent. Basically, there is no other alternative. What choice did we had? We've preserved a pub and a brewery, and from that aspect, I think we've done the right thing. One other question mark remains over the success of Netherton Ale's crusade to save the renowned Pardo Ale and the Old Swan pub. The beer is now so popular that it's being sold to other pubs, and there's talk of increasing the size of the brewery and producing a great deal more ale for outside consumption. Being a public limited company, Netherton Ales must be seen to be profit maximising, which could mean that the firm closes the pub to concentrate on its very popular and potentially world exporting brewing business. Charles Hanamar is managing director of the company. You have a point of course, but we believe that there is a, a need for homebrew beer to be sold. We believe it's an education process and uh, we are a commercial situation now. We have shareholders and this is the way we can make the profits, that's the direction we must take. So really you're destroying Marpardos? Marpardos, how can you destroy a situation where Marpardos? People say to me on a regular basis that would Marpardo have liked this if she came back tomorrow, would she have liked it? I say to them, well Marpardo in a day built up eight wine shops and three pubs and she, in her own way, was a capitalist, so therefore I would have thought that she would have enjoyed and liked what happened. We're not really changing anything, we're just perpetuating what she would have liked to have seen happen, I'm sure. But what happens when the day comes where you're making more money from selling all the beer which you make to outside people, and Marpardo's as a pub doesn't make as much money as it could do if it wasn't in existence? What well, will you do? 
We believe, or my belief is, that I'm a custodian of, of Mar Pardos and of the Oswan at Leatherton, and as such, we would always keep that little area of tradition within the business that we intend to carry on and grow from that base. The majority of the members who have got shareholdings anyway are interested in real ale of one form or another. Some are members of Camera. Myself couldn't see a situation where they would want, they would want us to destroy what was already here and we won't do that. Tim Newey was born and raised in Netherton. He played the organ at Mrs Pardo's funeral and is the new landlord of the Old Swan. And he's one person who has noticed the changes at the pub. The pub's changed. It's sad that he's had to change. Mrs Pardo has passed away. The family are no longer involved. Nothing can stay as it was, much as we would like it to. I've always used the pub since I was old enough to, to drink. Some of the things that have gone, I miss very much. Unfortunately, they are things that it is impossible to maintain and to keep because they are things that come from the people that are here and people die. So it's gone on, it has changed. It's developing, if you like, two characters. The old bar is as it always was pretty well, the same customers, same faces. You'll get one or two new faces coming in and, and become part of the day-to-day -day scene. And then you've got the new part, that it's developing its own character. There are a lot more younger people using that side. They go for different sorts of drinks in that side. We sell less of the homebrew in there and more of the lagers and the bottle beers and the peculiar wines, fancy things like sherry. On a whole, I think it's, it's going along in a, not an unpleasant way. And overall, how would you sum up the pub? I like it, else I shouldn't be here. As we have heard, the pub has changed in several ways. But has Netherton? Once again, local historian David Ragmore. A uh, much busier place, much more traffic on the roads, council flats, uh, new housing, and of course uh, the old industries, the chain and anchor making, have largely gone now. High level of unemployment, of course, but plenty of people with jobs still. Very much a village community, a strong sense of local pride. Netherton has been part of the parish of Dudley since the year dot. The people there think of Netherton as being their town. The old swan is still there, a, a typical black country pub. It's a centre for the community. So both Netherton and the old swan have changed, whilst the image of Mar Pardo is still as strong as ever. But what do the old locals think of the pub today? Foreigners, modernisation and all. Good company, good beer, sensible prices, and a lot of character to the pub. It's the type of pub that you can go abroad, you can go somewhere else and say, well, I've been to Pardo's, and everybody goes, oh! So travel miles around to come here, you know. It's quaint. It's not, it's not a sort of pub what you're going to for a jukebox and music and stuff like that. It's a quaint pub. Since Tim's took the place over, it's took over a new dimension. You know, the place has become rejuvenated again. Oh, they've done just redone it up like, you know, still the same. I think the architect's done an excellent job. Is it like it used to be? Well, the old part, uh, the bar and the smoke room, is still exactly the same. Except for the people in it. Have they changed? Yes, very much so. For the better or for the worse? Depends on which way you look at it, doesn't it? You know. So here we are in 87, and despite our many fears, the bar and brewery remain, we hope for many more years. So come and see, after all these years, the beer still brewed the same. And remember the Pardo family, for they gave this pub its fame. 
So come to Mrs. Pardo's in the black country For a pint of own brewed ale, for a pint of own brewed ale Where people come from far and near and will marry, marry be Drink it down, drink it down, drink it down 